Monty Morgan. Oh, and I'm here with Casey. And today we're starting you off with our 12 Days of Christmas special, which is us giving you 12 mini episodes in a row every day for the next 12 days. Some unsolved mysteries and a bit of urban legends and lore from the holidays. Which is really unfortunate for you guys. 12 days in yeah, a row. Yeah, I feel really, really bad us. for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think at the end of this or down the road, I might put them all together too in case anyone wants to just listen to them in one show or straight through. But either way, you should listen to both. Give us all the plays. All the plays. Just play it on Christmas Eve for, like, kids going to sleep and stuff. Yes. And if they don't, tell them you'll... Gryla's going to come get them. Yes. Or the Yule or, Cat. Or, or <laughs> I think Gryla's scarier. Uh, the Yule Cat's pretty rude. He eats your food and then eats you after you have to watch him eat it. Gryla kidnaps babies and takes them to the cold-ass mountains. Of all the things to kidnap babies. Right? Babies. <laughs> Who's going to change this diaper and screaming baby? Well, I think she kills him. Oh, all right. Well, then. <laughs> so it's not just a kidnapping. Well, yeah. Okay. It's a kidnap and a murder, but the, the, the spirit lives with Gryla, I'm pretty sure. So. That don't sound, sound so bad. She got like AC and stuff? Heat? No, probably not. Hmm. She's a dirty old witch. She's a dirty she old have... witch. <laughs> Wasn't well, she's part of the Yule cat anyway? It's her and the Yule lads and stuff. Isn't it all the whole lot of them? Oh. Maybe. I think it I is. It's, I haven't read enough on it. Yeah, Gryla and then her husband and then the Yule lads, which are their 13 kids, 13 or 11, and then the Yule cat. I think they're all... I didn't know Gryla had a husband. I thought Gryla was just like a an old, old lady witch that stole babies. <laughs> Man, I might be <laughs> and wrong. And collected children, I thought. I thought I she collected the children for her, like her kids. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Everybody's going to find out together. We're all going to find out together. It'll be a learning experience. Oh, man. What are you going to get me for Christmas? I have no idea. <laughs> what do you What do you want for Christmas? I actually just wanted a no idea, so you're spot on. Yes. Yes. Maybe I'll send you, like, a puzzle or something. Sweet. <laughs> I love puzzles. <laughs> you know I don't like gifts. I don't want a Christmas gift. It'd be terrible. Well, I do want a Christmas present. Okay. So. I will, okay. I will send you a puzzle. Okay. <laughs> okay, you want to start this? Um, I believe you start this one. <clears throat> okay. Or do you mean the show? This yeah, this, I just meant the show but in I mean, general. I'll start it, though. It's cool. We kind of did start the show. Shut up. Sort of. Nicole Betterson, missing since December 1977, when she was two years old, from Dearborn, Michigan. By the time you get this, we should be dead. Jared is about to go to jail, and I don't want to live without him. Ooh, on yeah. Labor Day weekend in 19... Wait, what? I said, yeah. That's a pretty intense note. Right? That's who she lived it to. Do we find out? Okay, we'll read. Okay. On Labor Day weekend in 1977, Jarrett Betterson suddenly lost control of his vehicle, which rolled several times before finally coming to a stop. In the car were his girlfriend, Susan Klingel, and their young daughter, Nicole. Jarrett and Nicole were not seriously injured, but Susan died in the accident. Oh, Chris Klingel. <laughs> Susan Klingle. Uh, police wanted to charge Jarrett with vehicular homicide as marijuana was found in the car, but no charges were ever brought 
due to a sloppy investigation. Quote, unquote, a sloppy investigation. What is it with everybody? They find a little marijuana in a lot of these cases, and they're like, these drug addicts. It's just a murderer. It's just pot. Well. A a lot of these, like, the criminals and stuff, the reports are like, they had marijuana in their system, and therefore criminals. Yeah, well, some of the ones that we're reading are a little bit older, so I feel like they've got that whole... War on drugs mentality. Yeah. That's true. The war on drugs just beat the war on drugs. It did. (laughs) Viva la resistance or marijuana. Did you see, completely off subject, did you see that Portland legalized everything? Yeah, every they just, de- well, they didn't legalize it. They decriminalized right. it, my right? Bad. My bad, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the better way to go, I feel like. Now people aren't going to jail. They're getting the actual help that they might need. Right. I agree. Or you're not ruining some college kid's life because he got high. Right. I agree. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, that was... Did you throw up a little? No. Mm. It just tastes like I did. <laughs> well, soon after, Jared had a new girlfriend, Barbara. And the two decided to move. Barbara. Barbara. I should date a girl named Barbara. Barbara. (laughs) I feel like she would dump me immediately. And the the two decided to move and take Nicole with them out west. Headed west, boys. Uh, Shortly before leaving Dearborn, Michigan, around Christmas in 1977, Barbara promised Susan's parents, Bill and Mary Klingle, she would be a good mother to Nicole shortly. Red weird. Bill and Mary cried... As he said goodbye to their two-year-old granddaughter, which I can imagine, Mm. uh, Jarrett and Barbara did not exactly say where they were going, mentioning to some friends they were going to Las Vegas and to other friends that they were headed to California. Having lost their daughter, Bill and Mary were now losing their granddaughter as well. Yeah, that would be tough. It would be very tough. Especially in the 70s. I mean, I guess I don't know how the parents felt, but I I mean, do you think they blamed him for her death? I so and no. now your little granddaughter is going away with them. Like, yeah, mm. that's that's a hard one. Mm. Bill and Mary did not have the best. Oh, we'll find out. Oops. Bill and Mary did not have the best relationship with Jarrett. Jarrett thought he was not welcomed in the family since he was black. And Bill and Mary thought Jarrett had lured their daughter into a lifestyle of drug use. So they're racist. 1977. <laughs> All right. 20 years later, in 1997, Bill and Mary began looking for their granddaughter, their sole heir, as she would now be an adult and could decide whether she wanted to see her grandparents after all these years. Oh, she didn't get to see him at all? That's wild. I can't imagine them not once even. Man, yeah, that's Calling, crazy. visiting? They hired a private investigator, Peggy, Peggy Bezzy. <laughs> nice. who found Jarrett and Barbara living in Las Vegas, but there was no trace of Nicole. In fact, there was no evidence that Nicole ever made it with her to made it with to ever made. See me too. In fact, there was no evidence that Nicole ever made it to her new home with her father. It was as if Nicole sometime in early 1978 had simply ceased to exist. However, Jarrett continually picked up a social security check from a local post office. This check, which was a monthly survivor benefit that goes to children whose parents have died, would have gone to gone to Nicole until she turned 18. That's nuts. That's insane. Well, he did have marijuana in his system, so he probably is a murderer. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Undoubtedly so. All right. Peggy contacted Detective Jeff Rosgen. Rosgen of the Las Vegas Police Department to find out what happened to Nicole after searching School and adoption records and finding nothing. Detective Rosgen investigated family court archives, police records, and driver's license records and did not find anything either. That seemed again, there was no trace of Nicole after leaving Michigan. He decided he would go to Jarrett's and pretend he knew what happened to Nicole and tell him he would 
be brought before a grand jury if he did not divulge any information. Does that ever work? Uh, what? I know what no. you. I know what you did, and if you don't tell me, I'm you're gonna be in trouble. It works. If I mean, it might work, I guess. On children, possibly. Or if he's high. Oh yeah. On marijuana. <laughs> Man, I'm too high for this. <laughs> Jarrett, who was visibly shaken upon meeting the, te- the, de- the detective in early November 1997, promised to get back to him in a week or so. Jarrett actually ended up calling four days later saying he would cooperate and set up a meeting with Nicole, but he needed more time. Ten days later, Jarrett called again, asking for more time. Very suspicious. Yeah, I just a little more time, man. <laughs> By now, Thanksgiving had passed, and Detective Brosgan called Jarrett again to find out what was taking so long, but there was no answer this time. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. That poor little girl. Man. The poor both of them, right? Both of them who? The grandparents and the little girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. They they were racist pieces of shit and then go fuck themselves. But we don't know that. I'm just saying. We don't know that. If they were. And we also also have to remember 1977 was a different time. That's fair, but there's still no time. I agree. There's no time for racism. I agree. Um, Okay. In the meantime, Joni Betterson, Jarrett's mother, received a letter at her Georgia home. It was the first time she had heard from her son and daughter-in-law in in more than 20 years. The letter read, oh. Is that me? Me, if you want to be a bobo. (laughs) (laughs) By the time you get this, we should be dead. Jared is about to go to jail, and I don't want to live without him. I'm sorry about living apart from our family. I'm sorry about so many things. We've had a sad and difficult life. Go to your Bibles to see peace, and please forgive us for all the wounds we have put in your hearts with our... With our tragic and youthful blunders. Who says blunders in real life? I feel like I say blunders. You're old. We have, <laughs> we had hoped our troubles would never touch our families, so we could, so we kept to ourselves. We've tried to follow God. Now it's about time for Him to judge us. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Um. Well, they know they fucked up. She probably killed herself and the little girl because Jarrett was going to go to jail. I don't know. I don't know either. That's um, wild. It's crazy that he sent that to his mom and not their grandparents. He sent it to his own mom, that letter, right? Jared sent well, it. Well, it says Jared is about to go to jail and I don't want to live without him. So I would guess that his girlfriend sent that to Jared's mom. Got it. Unless he killed both of them and he just sent it so that it looked different. Got it. That makes no sense. It makes, it makes it no makes, sense. It makes more or less sense than it did before. <laughs> there was also a money order for $900 in the letter, which Jarrett and Barbara wanted Joni to use for their cremation. Barbara asked that both of their ashes be placed in the same urn. There was no mention of Nicole, who would have been 22 at the time in the letter. Both of their decomposing bodies were found a few days before Christmas. There was no suicide note in the apartment, however. There was an apologetic note on the refrigerator to their apartment manager, asking him to forgive us for having to deal with the mess we left. Huh. Hey, man, we're sorry about this and the dead bodies here. Man. And leaving this. They seem like they had a really sad life, though. A lot of letters. Lot <laughs> it of... was 1977. They didn't have text messages. What do you expect them to do? <laughs> That's true. Also, no email. There's no email in 1977? No, I don't think there was email in 19... 19- I mean, you would know. I wasn't born yet. In <laughs> 1977? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, when were you born? 79. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you have email in 79? I don't know. I was in diapers. Mm, I'll find out. I was shitting my pants. Here we are. Still shitting my pants. Oh. 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 Uh, Ray Tomlinson is credited as the inventor of email. In 1971, he developed the first system able to send mail between users on different hosts across the ARPANET using the at sign to link the username with the destination server. By the mid-1970s, this was the form recognized as email. 
But when was it wild, widely used? Either way, we had the power. They probably... Well, yeah, they, but they, computers were like whole rooms. Yeah, they probably did not. But we did have email. <laughs> All right. Sorry about this mess. He said. At first, homicide... He said, he said. She said, he said. She said. At first, homicide detectives treated the deaths of the 49-year-old man and his 50-year-old wife as murder-suicide, thinking that... Declining health may have prompted the man to shoot his wife and turn the gun on himself. That's very unfortunate. Mm. They had discovered a motorized wheelchair that Jarrett was forced to use because of injuries from a bus accident and a bathroom full of pills, which indicated that Barbara also had severe medical problems. Jarrett had shot Barbara twice in the heart with a 22 caliber rifle while she lay bleeding, clutching a Bible and a cross. He then made the bed and placed a red rose on her chest. Jared then went into another bedroom, covered himself with a blanket, and fired a bullet through his brain. Yeah, dang. Yeah, some serious intent. I mean, yeah. Uh, Jared had shot Barbara twice. Oh, I read that part. The bodies were discovered by the apartment manager three weeks later. Yuck. <laughs> Wait, where are they? They're in Las Vegas? I believe so. That's where they went to. Mm. Yuck. Mm. All right, found the body. Three weeks later, on the front door were several eviction notices for non-payment of rent for the whole week? Several weeks? Around three weeks later? All three right. weeks later. You get that many eviction notices for three weeks? <laughs> I guess. All right, well, non-payment of rent. The case was about to be closed when Detective Roskin came back from vacation the day after Christmas, and he told his superior, Lieutenant Wayne Peterson, wait, there was more to this than murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Peterson surmises Nicole could be alive somewhere, perhaps having been sold for drugs or given away somewhere between Michigan and Las Vegas, noting she could have grown up with another family, another name, never knowing her past. That's depressing. It's insane. I mean, it could be better than living with the family that she was with, it, but... It could be. It could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. More likely, though, he and other detectives theorized Nicole is dead. Perhaps she was fussing on the trip west and attempts to quiet her turn tragic. Lieutenant Peterson hoped to get DNA from the Klingles in case it provides a match if a body is found or someone comes forward who believes she might be Nicole. However, he also believes it may forever remain a mystery. The only people who can solve this mystery may be dead. Their secret may have died with them. Nuts. Mm. That gave me Nicole remained... Yeah, That's can like, you imagine growing up, like, if she did grow up with a different family? And they never and, knew. And you have no idea about it, and then, like, one day you come across, I don't know, a letter or something, and you find out that your name's Nicole and you were sold for drugs in 1978, but you grew up as Jennifer. Yeah, well, she was two years old. I don't remember being two. Do you? Yeah, I don't remember. No, I don't remember anything until I was, like, maybe four or five. Right, so even if she was, like, given away or sold at two or even even three she would the family the family still have like baby pictures and things they could mm -hmm. even fake baby 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 pictures but mm -hmm. nuts little smushy sweet potato pictures gross Nero <laughs> ah, <Nerotu. laughs> oh wow nicole remains missing if you have any information please contact las vegas police department at 702-229-3111 man yeah that was crazy that's sad one that is well i mean i feel like they're all kind of sad yeah mm, yeah perhaps not I all agree. of them i agree okay some of the I agree some of the urban legend stuff isn't sad <laughs> pain them. makes you stronger tears make you braver heartbreak makes you wiser and eggnog makes you not remember any of the crap we just said cheers, cheers. Ah, damn it we got it we nailed it that time did we nail it yeah i was like right on that was look at us go <laughs>